0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Film Schooled podcast. Josh, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thanks for having me. I am a big fan of having firsts on the show. And so uh, I recently interviewed uh, Kitty Chinakis, who had the distinction of being the first person to be on the show who had shared a crack pipe with Nicholas pa- uh, Cage on screen. And uh, you're the first yeah. person on the show who has been killed by robert de niro on screen well by by orders of robert de niro but we're gonna count uh, yeah
1: can I go now, Mr. Pope? Sure, you can go now <laughs> yeah and uh, i've also been killed by Nicolas cage yeah. Yeah. What did I
0: do? who haven't you been killed by because uh I, you put out your yeah. death reel uh yeah. you've died a lot
1: <laughs> i die so, a lot i got the i got the face you want to kill i guess i don't I, I, I end up playing all these these villains which is
0: This is film school. Grab your popcorn. Class is about to begin before becoming the villain. We love to hate in so many movies and launching your career. Take me back to like childhood, Josh, like your first movie that ever made you fall in love with movies.
1: Uh, well, my, my aunt who watched me during the daytime a lot, um, she loves to bring up that. I, I just really love gremlins. Hmm. Um and I, and I still do. I think it, it was just such a rad, a rad movie like that. And Goonies, everything. Yeah, I, I have two older brothers, so everything they were watching, um, you know, so they got into star Wars, they got into Indiana Jones. And, um, don't, you know, don't tell mom, the babysitter's dead. Uh, <laughs> right. Adventures in babysitting. I was, the, that was the one I was trying to think of, but also both of those films. Um, and then all the, you know, John Candy movies and, you know, uh, uncle Buck and, yeah. Oh. Uh, you playing trains, and automobiles and, you know, just, just kind of uh, the, the canon of, of uh, the early or late eighties stuff, I guess
0: when you were watching those movies as a kid and into like early teens, was it just purely loving the movies or was there a part of you that said like, Oh, I want to figure out how this is done or I want to be in
1: this. I, it's funny. Cause yeah, people, people have those like, those stories of like, I I knew I wanted to do this from day one. I it, I didn't even have that idea. I had already graduated to the to the like I'm doing this. This is there was no like, I I just I, I never had the idea that that I, I all the stuff that came in between, you know, uh, actually ending up in movies. That 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 was like, oh, that was a given to me. I, I feel right.
0: like. From as long, for as long as you can remember.
1: Yeah. It, it was complete, uh, you know, it, it was completely naive. I, I just, I had no idea what it was going to be, but I also mm-hmm. just kind of knew I, I was going to make a life in the arts and I was, you know, but yeah, it was, it was very, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> privileged, I guess. Did,
0: did you have anybody else in your family that had pursued creative paths like that? Or was this totally just an anomaly within your family?
1: Well, my brothers were both super creative. We all, we all went to the same high school and we all got kind of like the whatever uh, superlative, most artistic kind of thing, which is like such a, you know, uh, it's, it's both a a gift and a a curse because you, uh, you you know, you end up thinking a lot of yourself and, and and that thing became true. Like I, you know, you're, you're working, I I did a lot of high school theater and you, uh, you, you you get the leads in some shows and you think you're hot shit and then you go to college and and no you know they don't want to use you for anything they don't want to use you for one line on a show right Um, and so it's humbling and uh you know i started writing my own stuff and found a life in the theater when i went to college and um the the kind of pieces started coming together a little bit more and the the kind of you know (laughs) the the miserable reality of, of making a life in the arts uh, started, you know, uh, materializing a lot more.
0: Yeah. As you started kind of pursuing that path and, and like, it started becoming real in the sense of like, okay, this is actually, how do I do this? How do I climb this mountain and start working my way into this? You know, I, I have to imagine you're approaching, you know, the things you're watching and reading the people you're following. Did you have certain actors or, Uh, people you looked up to and thought like, okay, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to have a presence like that uh, as you kind of watched movies and, and, you know, read certain biographies and and started writing your own stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. I've always identified with, you know, the character types, um, the the character types that often play villains, the Steve Buscemi's, Mm. you know, uh, John Malkovich. Um, Yeah. I didn't have such a, uh, like precious idea of acting. Um, sure. I think some of that kind of, I'm starting to develop that and how understanding how important it is and, and how lovely it is. Um, but, you know, at the time, I just wanted to play shitheads and and uh, do the, you know, they always played the most fun stuff. Even the, the villains in, in Goonies, I'm blanking on their names now, but, you know, even that stuff, uh, you know, they, it's just such a cool, yeah. Uh, it's so much more interesting than I think a lot of the, the cheesy, you know, procedural um, sweethearts and, and which I thought I was going to do when I, when I first started doing high school theater, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I want to be the the leads. I want to be, for instance, we did Oklahoma and I can't sing, I, but I, <laughs> we did, you know, I, I auditioned for Curly. I ended up playing um, Will, Will. Parker is his name. Is that right? I can't remember. Um, Yeah. Will Parker, I think is his name. And uh, you know, he's a little more gritty and (laughs) the the choreography was changed because I couldn't dance or sing. Basically everyone was singing and dancing around me. And I was like, Oh yeah, this, this guy's like a little bit more interesting the character types and uh, yeah. Then going to school and when you start kind of like working in the field, that it becomes very clear what people perceive you as. And sure. Yeah.
0: So I. It's it's funny hearing band. that because like so many people, the stereotype is you want to be this leading man, you want to be the person who's you know playing those those cheesy roles where you're like black and white, you know. And and it's interesting you went into it saying like, okay, I'm inspired by these character actors, which I agree. Like, there's when you watch through certain movies, or even when you're watching through a certain director's filmography. There's these certain yeah. character actors that they tend to use over and over again, who are the most interesting people in the movie. You know, you mentioned Steve yeah. Buscemi; like he steals every movie that he's in, every scene oh, like that it. he's in. Um, and you know, going into it, like getting into into this field, uh, what was your what was your path from going from getting on stage, going to school, to landing your first professional? like on-screen role. What was that just a natural transition networking and getting into that? Or, or how did that play out?
1: No, it, it, it was actually a, that was, there was a lot of struggle, you know, it wasn't struggled off. It's all wonderful. Like the, everything was awesome along the way. Whenever I got like really like looking back on it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that it felt like everything kind of happened exactly when it should have happened. And it's still it, kind of feel like that, that in it.
0: the moment, or does it just feel like that in
1: retrospect? No, it did it in the moment. Like I, it, you know, there was struggle, but there wasn't much, I, I think, I, you know, later now I can, I, I can kind of get into this a little bit, but this this might be tangential, but now that I've had some, some success and I, and I'm making a living, I, I never thought I would make a living at it. It's, mm, okay. That's really the bottom line. I I thought I would be struggling and, and, you know, trying to just doing art for the, for art's sake and, and loving it and, and. You know it, it would always be a part of my life. And then um and then so to answer your question, I I went to I started doing uh, theater in high school. I went to Florida State and studied theater down there. Um and then I also started study creative writing and I always kind of thought I would have an easier path in writing and I would try and act and maybe write stuff for myself um and end up you know <laughs> whatever with some dumb independent movie that nobody sees and then i moved my my dad's health kind of started failing in 2010 i was in a touring band and we were making no money and and really it was it it was soul-sucking but also life-affirming we toured all over the u.s and it was awesome but they were moving out to austin and i um needed to be near my family and so i came back to atlanta there then in 2010 I got an agent here and um started getting sent out for stuff and uh, sent in some really terrible auditions the first year and two year or two. And then I got my first job on BET's the game mm-hmm. um as a crackhead, a man man in rehab is, is I was I, I hit up one of the characters for uh, crystal meth. And you know, then then from there I just kind of kept uh you know, it, it was a slow climb, but I always felt exciting and it always felt like kind of the the you know right timing everything kind of you know i had one line i would had a couple more one-liners i booked a you know a co-star and then you book a recurring and and things just uh just kind of happened pretty awesome and and a lot of that too was because atlanta was burgeoning kind of at the same time and walking dead was shooting here but i always try and get Credit to Tyler Perry because he brought a lot of the industry here, regardless of the you know quality of the content he was creating.
0: Sure. Well, I I definitely want to talk about the shift in Georgia itself because I mean now it's I mean it's a mecca for film production at this point. I mean everybody is is shooting there. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about you know you mentioned the expectation of of not having expectations. It was doing art for art's sake. You were in love with the craft. Do you think that lack of uh, i don't want to say urgency but the the lack of a need to make it right then the understanding that you might just be creating art because you love creating art and you may be doing something else on the side to support that do you yeah. think that that lack of, of urgency is what helped you professionally you know not having that expectation or this this drive to do you know a b or c
1: 100% yeah i i was doing uh i, I started off doing for my band, I started doing graphic design. And so I was doing that freelance and that also can be soul sucking at times. And, um, and then I started, I got into music videos and I made music videos for my band and music video, music videos for other acts. And that was, you know, starting to take off and, um, and then, you know, once acting is the easiest of all of it. And I, Hmm. and I feel like, so the more acting becomes part of my life, the more shallow I feel, the more the uninteresting I become, um, because it is, you know, I um, I, was, I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. I did this movie, Respect, which is, is was about, it's about Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I got to play Roger Hawkins, who is this, um, who was Muscle Schultz's drummer. He Muscle Schultz is kind of this not- notorious recording studio. And um, so I got to play a drummer in a, in a movie and I was having so much fun doing this thing. And I realized like, I'm like, what, what is the difference of this and, and everything else I do. And, and uh, the difference was that I was, I was performing primarily with musicians, not, mm-hmm. not actors. And I mean, I, you know, I, there's nothing more, you know, vapid than talking about actor struggles and, and that sort of shit. So yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, the more uh, the more acting I do, and the less I I concern myself with that other stuff and art for art's sake. Um, yeah, the the more kind of you know, two dimensional I become.
0: Like you mentioned, there's there's roles that are super enjoyable. There's roles, you know, in in films with casts that are incredible. You know, you've gotten to work with some amazing talent, and even even when you've had smaller roles early in the in your career, you'd share scenes with people who are heavy hitters. You know really successful actors. Did you ever feel overwhelmed or get that voice in the back of your head saying like, okay, I'm in over my head. Like I'm, I'm climbing into these roles very quickly into these bigger and bigger projects. Did that fear ever creep in or did that, that idea of like, am I ready for this?
1: Um, I think, I think I, I'm, I've am i just been so blindly naive. I, I, I think a lot of that when I probably should have had those fears and yeah. and the truth be told um, i I'm starting to think a lot more about kind of the mm. actor I want to be and the type of art I want to create and the and the process um, you know you, it's it's strange because coming from a theater background you uh, you over process everything because you have mm-hmm. these long rehearsal process so so even if you have one line and something, Um, You, you overthink it and, and naturalize it uh, over the course of whatever, uh, you know, four week to Mm -hmm. nine week to three month rehearsal process. And you, um, you know, you think about that character's backstory and your relation to everything everywhere. And when you start booking that stuff in, you know, film, they don't, no one cares about that. Work and you don't. A lot of times you don't have time to do that work. You hardly Mm -hmm. get a rehearsal, You don't get a rehearsal a lot of times. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe rehearsal for camera and you're able to step on your mark and say your line to a stand in, and then they call in the the you know number one, two, three, and and you're able to perform that scene and whatever. But so you so a lot of your early jobs are kind of undoing a lot of that work you did in the theater. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get to a point where it's like, oh, okay, now I can start using this, you know, the tools from this toolbox that I I spent four years in school for, five years in school for.
0: Do you ever find yourself longing to go back to stage where you have more of that prep time? Like, or, or is it just two different things to you? There's film and there's, there's stage.
1: I haven't been on stage and I don't know. I mean, I guess probably close to eight eight years which is terrible um so yeah i i would love to have more of a, a process but y- you know when you're working film and tv you could audition on friday and get the job on sunday and be working on monday and so you've you know it's really difficult to take a something that does have a long rehearsal process unless i have friends in town that are still doing theater and they they were pretty um, ingrained in the Atlanta theater community before they started acting in film and TV. And um, they're able to, you know, get, get uh, understudies and stuff, but I, I don't have a, a foot in the door here. I don't, I don't know if anyone would give me that, that grace.
0: Yeah. I, I was, I was curious on the, on the perspective of the acting, you know, cause you, you talk about having that process, the four to six weeks, if there, if it felt like a pure artistic expression, or if, or if you, didn't grade in that way if you didn't think of one as being
1: no more I pure than- well I was I was about to put my foot in my mouth and say that I I don't I really respect theater actors mm-hmm. and and folks that come from the theater and you can sense that on on like I my I, I did an episode of Creep Show yeah um and uh the, this cat Christian Gonzalez he he came from the theater and you sense I sensed it immediately right because so there's there are ways to kind of cheat your your way around working in film and tv and you know do just enough to make it interesting and but not be connected to the material and i saw him doing the work and that it immediately up what i was doing and made me care more about the process and but it, it's so uh infrequent that you run across actors that you recognize that and but it but you know i, I don't I don't know if it's a pure art form. There's a lot of folks making bad theater and there's a lot of folks making bad TV and film.
0: Right. Right. And a lot of people making good film and good. theater. Yeah. On the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, Christians actually was really great. That Creepshow episode I thought was, was really solid. I watched it in preparation for, for this episode. It was one of the things I hadn't caught yet. And, um, and it was, it was a really, it was just a really neat episode. The tie instead, let me never cool. but he was somebody that felt, One, it was interesting that he really fit the time period. I thought like he he looks like he stepped out of a 1950s, 1960s movie, Um, but he just had a really strong presence, you know, and for a, for an episode that largely takes place and we're in one room, we're in a car and then we're in another room. It, it still had this energy to it. That was, that was really interesting. Um, I'm curious with walking dead because you talk about being an actor in Georgia. I mean, that did bring a ton of attention to that area for filming that show, you know, you came in on season seven, that show is like to horror. What, I mean, Seinfeld was the comedy. I mean, it took over the world, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it's, it's a huge show coming into it at that point. Um, how did that feel like, like landing a role on a landmark television series you're seven seasons in the entire nation watches that show religiously. Um, yeah. What were the emotions there?
1: Um, I, I mean it was my first couple of days were actually pretty amazing because so the I came in well we shot it as episode seven oh three it became seven oh two but uh the only series regular at that point was that we were working with in the, those first couple of scenes was Lenny James who is fucking awesome. <laughs> I yeah. love that guy and he uh you know, I he, he was in Snatch, and I I had I just love that movie. And but the the nerves were a lot. Uh, it, it was very it was it was a, a big relief, I think, to be walking into a show like that that you you knew had this notoriety, and then realize okay, everybody else is new, so we're all yeah we're all thick as thieves now, and even, you know even because all the having, other
0: saviors were in those scenes in the beginning.
1: Yeah, so like Jason Warner Smith, who is an Atlanta actor who played Gavin, we got really close through that process. And then Kari and Cooper, Carrie, um, you know, Logan, who I kill, who played Benjamin, um, everybody was having, they hadn't been established on the show because the kingdom and our group of saviors hadn't been established yet. So we were, we didn't know what was going to come um and and so that was really 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 nice and and it made things very uh you know very easy on that. yeah um but it was you know it was kind of terrifying like it, i think i i knew i had wanted to work on the show i i i like i said my dad was going through health stuff and i didn't really love watching dark stuff at the time i was you know i Sooner watched Great British Bake Off or, (laughs) you know, um, Bob's Burgers or something. And so um, I I wasn't super familiar with the world of the show. I had read the comic books and had seen the first season. Um, So some of that, too, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, like when you work with big actors or you work on big shows, sometimes the scariest thing can be like watching their work. Falling comparing. In love with it, yeah. and then yeah and then you're like you clam up when you meet them are you 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 know you're working on it because you're like oh this place is this everything is so cool like yeah. it's exactly how i imagined it and, and i just want to talk to you about like your amazing performance and their you know whatever going to crafty and well and you of have drink coffee,
0: but- greg nicotero who's the executive producer of the show directing you <laughs> so you're, you're not yeah. even getting some newbie director you're getting someone who's part of this well-oiled machine at this point
1: yeah, this, and I, I had spoken about this a, a bunch, too, because I it, it was so cool because we were establishing characters and Greg was there to to be like, OK, you know, um, that's cool. That's not cool or whatever. And for me, yeah. he was he, he you know, I was playing a, a pretty douchey character. And so he kept kind of like upping the, the stakes. He, he kept kept telling me to, you know, really lay into that. Oh, yeah. Keep doing do more in that direction. And so when the showrunner, executive producer, or what a, a producer, executive producer, co-creator, you know, <laughs> those folks are uh, handling that stuff and giving you direction. You're like, okay, this is gospel. Like, I yeah. don't, you know, whoever made, uh, you know, whoever may come in next in line in the, in the uh, director's chair. Um, I mean, like Greg told me, this to is do this. how yeah. he wants the character, you know,
0: portrayed yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I, I wanted to ask, I had heard you on another podcast talk about Greg kept telling you to amp up, you know, how villainous you were. And uh, yeah. I, I messaged my mom yesterday and said, Hey, I'm doing this interview tomorrow. I'd been watching a bunch of your movies and, and, you know, really good research, you know, getting to look, look Thanks, through man. a bunch That's of different cool. movies and watch watch yeah. some of your episodes and I asked her, I said, do you have any questions? And she only wrote back one one question. She said, did the directors give him motivation to explain why he's such a wang in the show? That was her exact quote.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, well, uh, you know, you, I, I I, guess I have developed my particular brand of like douchery. And I, and I didn't realize that. You just never know. Like there's because it, and and that's like an amalgam of actors I've loved and bullies who were terrible to me and being terrible to other people and seeing how they responded to that thing, not intentionally, but just you know being a piece of shit and not realizing or whatever. Like that, you you know you you do you do have a brand of kind of every everything you put out, and so my brand of like douchebaggery, um, I guess. I guess can get under people's skin. And I realized that too, like, you know, anybody yeah. that has brothers, like you, you develop that thing pretty quickly, especially if you're a younger brother and has uh, a younger I was, brother.
0: I, I know. I, it's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. But it's, to me, that's the best characters in these, um, especially in zombie movies, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm sure you've watched George Romero's movies and, and, you know, work on walking dead, at least, you know, I'd hope so, <laughs> you know, getting, getting in a, Oh man. You know. right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, oh. like you look at these characters who, you know, they're not going to last through the series, you know, they're going to get their comeuppance right. in a big way. And yeah. it's so fun watching, you know, a, a day of the dead and, and watching Joe Pilato's character, you know, eating the scenery and and being this very villainous character because it makes the death so much more satisfying. And, oh, no. uh, and it's, it's funny looking at YouTube comments on any clips of you. It's like, I, oh, I hated it more than Negan or, oh, I, I, I couldn't wait. And you watch the death scene and oh, it's so satisfying, you know, but it's, it's proof that you did your job in that role in such a, such a cool way. And, you know, you made it through two seasons in various episodes, which is a long time to survive in that show. Did you yeah. have any idea? that you'd become such a mainstay character or when you signed on you, you could have been gone that first episode.
1: Yeah. I don't think they knew. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And I, and I'm, and I constantly think well, not constantly, but I occasionally think, um, you know, if I would have played my cards a little, a little, like uh, a little different, I may still, you know, be able to be around, but I, I had no idea. When I read for the thing, I read for Gavin and Jared and and also Mm. a handful of other characters on the show i I had read i think maybe 17 i think i looked up one at one point i think it was 17 different times that Mm -hmm. i had read for walking dead starting in season three and um yeah finally booked jared and and it said may recur and (laughs) and so we knew we kind of knew after our first scene and and how um kind of intense that scene was that we would likely recur but they kind of, you know, for actors who are just getting on the show and maybe kind of in these smaller roles, they just kind of give you a big window, and it, so it's like it was essentially the the whole window of the the shoot, which mm-hmm. is a whatever I think they shoot for nine months, shooting yeah. sixteen episodes, and um, you know, it just had no idea. So it was kind of like, hey, you know, touching base with because I <laughs> I worked what was shot is seven o three. And then didn't come back until 7, 10 and 7, 13. So that was basically a two month gap where I'm like every day stressing, texting my, my team, like, Hey, you know, have y'all heard anything about this is right. Am I coming back? Like I would love to come back. It seemed like I was going to come back. Maybe they forgot about this very important storyline that we need to re examine, you know, yeah. um, anything that you could do to force their hand. And uh, you know, I, I really loved doing it. And then when I made it out of season seven and I wasn't dead, I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm, I'm coming back. And, um, and then once it started getting to the end of season eight, I was like, oh shit, this is, (laughs) oh man, I'm going to make it, you know? And then of course you get the call from Scott Gimple. And I had to ask him to somewhere along the line, like, should I leave any kind of, should I try and tie in any sort of like redeemable quality to this terrible guy? And, uh, because you pushed had, for
0: that, right? To redeem the character in some way or, oh, or become, I mean, anything that stay on
1: a show like yeah. that. Cause it, it was so cool. I mean, it really was so, so, so cool. And I'm, I was frustrated. Like I'm saying, I, you know, everything is, you, you, you have all this training and you, you get all the, you know, all the, the kind of jitters out working a couple episodes and the excitement. And then, um, and you still, even when you, you have like a big episode, like 814, my death episode, the the, time, the turnaround was relatively short. So I got my, I only had about a week or so to work on all that material. And I was watching, I was, I was cutting a new reel. So I cut a, a reel, I try and cut a new reel like every year.
0: Yeah. And
1: I was watching through my stuff on the show and I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You fucking like you had such an opportunity and there's in and, and really that's the wrong way to think about it it's like sure because I even even when you're saying lines sometimes you're like oh I'm not connected to this I don't uh, this this isn't exactly how I, I I'm not feeling it I'm just saying something you know um yeah. so long story short I, I just I think I left some you know uh some stuff on the table there
0: when you get that call saying hey, you know, we've got to kill you uh, for the story. We're taking it this direction. Was that a gutting thing to think like, okay, this is it. And ha- then having a week and a half to to close it out. Did you feel like frustrated or disappointed or was it just, you know, another day at work and then, you know, on to the next.
1: No, it, it was. Um, I felt, I felt complete gratitude that mm. I had been able to stick around that long and and had been able to, had the opportunity to get under people's skin and, and yeah. to have, cause I had three episodes in season seven, I had 11 altogether. So seven episodes in season eight. And, you know, it, it's a, it's amazing to be an actor of, of my level, mm-hmm. when you get something that's recurring and you can count on a job and, you know, you don't get killed off and you can come back to something and, see all those same people and it's a friendly atmosphere and, and a creative atmosphere. It's just so cool. And so I was so happy and so gracious that, that, uh, you know, the powers that be, let me do that for so long or yeah. whatever, two years. And it's like, yeah, and, and they, you know, the gift, I think they realized too, what a, what a gift it is because i was able to do conventions and that's a yeah. nice you know part of you wants to hang on to it and that's just i just recently like unmoved like our unpinned something on my twitter that was a yeah. walking dead kind of gift and i was like man it's been i've been off the show since whatever 2018 like yeah. i that's you know it's time to move on man you know you, you can yeah. you, you can do other stuff and you are doing other stuff yeah. celebrate that stuff and Uh, you know, but it it was such a gift. I I didn't feel any sort of animosity or any like, oh man, I I was yeah. I thought I was gonna maybe work two episodes.
0: Yeah. Well, was was working with Greg Nicotero on that show kind of what opened the door to Creep Show because it seems like a lot of the same crew I know from Walking Dead, you know, has worked on Creep Show, and it's it's again that's another show that's built a huge cult following. Um, Was that part of that, or was that just a random happening? You know, I went and auditioned for this and. It happened to be the same, same world a little bit.
1: No, it was. Um, yeah. I, I had no idea. I had been reading for creep show cause Tara. So the, there's a couple kind of bigger casting houses in town mm-hmm. or, you know, ca- casting groups, but the Fincanons cast walking dead. And so they cast me on that thing. And, and then some uh, Tara and chase who are felt Paris. they cast, um, they cast creep show and i i had developed a rapport with both of those folks obviously thanks to walking dead and and then Tara and chase casting on game night and stuber and um black lightning and a bunch of other stuff no maybe not black lightning, yeah black lightning um anyway they um i i knew they were casting the thing and i had been getting reads but I, you just never know what's happening to those reads they may be disappearing to the ether and, right. and I, I really you know you get cut off killed off in a show and you don't hear from them you, i just had no idea what my rapport was with with them. i would see greg occasionally at conventions and yeah be like what's up um but then i saw him at, at i guess the last walker stalker convention which is, was this thing that would happen in atlanta and they uh it was all it was primarily walking dead folks and i I saw greg and he, he was like oh man i love some of your reads for this I think maybe then season one of creep show. And, um, and I was like, Oh shit, you saw them. (laughs) (laughs) They're going somewhere. They're
0: getting delivered. Good.
1: Yeah, Um, exactly. And, and he was like, yeah, we wanted to get you in on this one and this one, but you know, things didn't work out like, Oh man. Um, And then kind of in the same way I feel about walking dead, like, you know, everything I had read up to that point, I, it was completely forgettable when you finally get the right role for you. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was so grateful that this, the creep show episode, you know, I, I just thought it was so cool and it being shot in black and white and working with John Harrison, the director and, yeah. and Christian, you know, it was, it, I was like, this is, I, I wouldn't have wanted any of those other ones.
0: John Harrison is such a legendary, you know, force yeah. in that, in that world and getting to work with Nick again is amazing. And it is, it's a very memorable episode, you know, and it, 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 it with any anthology, you know, there's. There's always duds, you know, and there's always the fear of like, is this one going to be this And and that specific one is such a, a great standout episode, um, going, going from like walking dead, which has a walking dead budget, you know, and then going into creep show, which I interviewed Joe Lynch, who directed a couple episodes, he talked about how the micro budget, you know, episodes there that you're delivering these huge concepts. Um, you know, did it, did it feel a lot different or jarring going from mega production to having a couple days to, to shoot?
1: No, I think I, I, you, you kind of get that sense very early when you show up, it's, you know, you, you, a lot of times you show up for a fitting and, and you realize, okay, this is the kind of production. This is kind of the yeah. tier or the budget that we're working with. You're walking dead. I don't know if you get this sense. I mean, I think they're very frugal and, and they, mm. they do a lot with what they have and, um, so it 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 never felt like I. The only thing I've I've worked on that I think felt like massive was Ant Man the Wasp. Like yeah. they, you know, you you walk into a Marvel set and it's just like anything they they would ever want is there. You know, it's yeah. it's like it's it's uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for filmmakers. Right. It, it's just like you know anything you could possibly want is here and you can use utilize it at any point and. Right. We'll also have the CGI to back up any idea you happen to have in passing yeah. and have the budget to support that. But walking dead actually felt like amazingly kind of small scale mm. and comfortable,
0: very family um, kind of environment.
1: Yeah. And and it, a lot of that was because of the nature of the, the way they shoot that show. And it, a lot of it's outdoors and it's rugged and kind of miserable. And we, we shot on a, pretty hot day and you know the, all this uh, all the guys are everybody's suffering through it together so it, it does kind of bring folks together and creep shows all on stage yeah and you know you can kind of tell by the scope of the episode like okay this is black and white a couple of locations like you said a couple of locations and um you know it, 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 it's not jarring it's just it's kind of like the playground you're playing in
0: you mentioned not wanting to watch a lot of dark stuff, you know, during the period you're doing walking dead, but you, you've been in a lot of movies that have very dark themes, you you know, last shift, which has its own crazy cult following to it as well. Um, You know, intruders, you know, you've got a long laundry list of, of villainy and darkness. Um, And then the other mix is a lot of comedy, you know, righteous gemstones game night stuber. You mentioned, Um, do you have a certain genre you like playing? And I know you like playing, you know a, a certain type of character um do you prefer being in horror or comedy or are are you does everything have its own interest to you and it's in its own way
1: I just love working I, I mm-hmm. yeah I love working and I love working on good scripts so yeah um and you know with awesome actors so like <clears throat> yeah yeah I, I mean I would love to do more comedy but I've I realized more and more I'm not funny <laughs> It's like very, comedy is very difficult, especially when, so I just, I had a read for a, a comedy feature that's shooting coming up in January and I had a callback for it. And I was thinking back on the callback and I was like, was anything I did actually funny in that thing? Like, a, you, you know, cause there's nothing less funny than trying to be funny right. and trying to make this thing funny. I was like, hmm. I don't think I I got there. It's a lot easier in uh, like even in Stuber and Game Night. I play in the the straight man. Like yeah, and right. one of the things that t- that kind of embarrassingly on Game Night, John Francis Daley and Jonathan Goldstein, who directed that, wrote that, and directed that, um, they kept being like, "Yeah, man, uh, less of that kind of like chipper, funny stuff." Because I would like I'm like on a on a comedy, you know, so I yeah, want to try to I'm be like, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm to I got some funny stuff prepared. I'm going to drop some funny lines and they'd be like, no, 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 less of that. It's important for you to be, you're the straight man. Everybody else is funny around you. You to, for the, the kind of, um, you know, the, the gravity of the situation to, you know, feel real, Mm -hmm. you, you need to be kind of mean and uh, uh, miserable and terrible, you know? And that same thing has happened in Stuber. It's like, yeah. And, and it makes a lot of sense. It's like they're the funny ones; let them be be funny. You do your same villain, terrible douchebag, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure, sociopath. Sure.
0: shit. well. Well, before we move here into the wrap around, I'm, I like I said, you've been in a, a lot of different projects. You know, many of which have cult followings. You know, I mentioned Last Chef. Uh, some have very strong followings. They have conventions like Walking Dead. Um, for you as an actor, thinking toward the art, or you as a performer which of your roles or projects do you think best represents you? Like when you think about like, this is my stamp is on this. Uh, what, what comes to mind?
1: I mean, I, I do feel just because of the scope of the thing. And I, the fact that I got a, a, to do a number of episodes on walking dead, I do feel, I do feel precious with that, that, that even though I'm, you know, in retrospect, I'm not, I could, I feel like I could have done better and could have done more. Sure. Um, I do feel like I'd, uh, that was nice to play a character that that I think did have kind of a a life and um was interesting enough and got under people's skin that was cool
0: yeah.
1: um but you know I, I the, some of the projects like I loved righteous gemstones I had two episodes yeah. on that
0: and I love that show yeah
1: god dude And I did. I was like hoping so badly, and I and I almost hey. thought about reaching out to some of the team and being like, "Hey, I play drums. Like it'd be pretty yeah. awesome if if Die Dallas or Daedalus or whatever, um, right what became like part of the praise I band." <laughs> and <speak. laughs> and, I, and I really was. I wanted to push that, but I um, I'm I'm not very not good you. at that sort of like you know when they let you know what the story is. They're writing yeah. the thing that you don't want to uh, be some you don't want to slay yourself out or I don't know, just be annoying to people. Um so I but I, I was really hoping I'd come back to that. But I had such a dream, you know, I yeah. was such a dream playing that and it, well, it that, felt naturally funny.
0: That's a show like Walking Dead where literally anything could happen in a very different way. But it's something where yeah. it, you know um and yeah getting to play against you know some like Adam Devine, you know, is it like so funny. Like the the that that show you know, I, my, my other podcast deals with a lot of like religious background. And so um, I forget who had recommended it to me. And they said, you know, cause I'm always talking about like different church backgrounds and things like that. And they're like, you have to watch oh, righteous gemstones. And totally. I was, I was watching on a plane coming back from a trip for the first time. And like, I was like covering my mouth, like a little kid, trying not to laugh. <laughs> like watching. Oh, watch the it's amazing. so funny.
1: Be- well, yeah. And growing up in the South and, you yeah. know, I even, cause I grew up Catholic. And you know, even the Catholic Church, like you know, succumbed succumbed, succumb. I don't know um, th- th- to like the cheesy. There was this yeah. whole like cheesy, you know, like oh, we're gonna we're gonna play acoustic guitar and have drums in the band and like whatever. And, and like the teen worship service and stuff. And you're just like, this is fucking ridiculous. But there was this church down the down the road um, called Church in the Now. That we all refer to as Colton the now, because they had like, they had like a, I I had never made it over there, but I had saw I saw pictures and yeah. there were kids at my school that would you know like be sucking that place's dick, and they uh, they would talk about like oh they got a they got like a whole arcade and pinball machine I'm like that's that sounds like badass but that does not sound like church right and in, if it doesn't sound like church but it is church. Then then they're trying to manipulate you, man. Like you yeah.
0: don't, you don't a, know. Yeah, no, that's it's it's such an interesting show. And again, like that's what's really cool. Like going back through, and like I said, I watched a lot of your work, you know, just trying to, you know, get a good feel. I'd already seen so much, you know, and I'd seen game night, I'd seen and and then going back and watching, you know, I, I watched uh Intruders and and watching through Parts of Walking Dead yeah. and watching through um you know um uh active shooter and, and, you know, a, a bunch oh, of different, which that active great. shooter feels very much like a, like a play, um, the way that it's structured, yeah. the one, the one room environment. Um, but it was just cool seeing that variety, you know, of different performances and righteous gemstones being a very bizarre, you know, even, yeah. even for you, like being fully painted out and like doing those roles it's so super cool. Super cool. Um, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll go ahead and move us here into our, into our rapid round. Um, just a couple quick questions. And like I said, I, I call these a rapid round, but we always end up uh, getting stuck on some of these. Uh, but first off, who do you think is the most underrated actor working today? Oh man. <laughs> I told you that these are where we get stuck. So I start them earlier and earlier each episode.
1: Oh God. Underrated. Oh, that's tough. Cause like, I, you know, naturally you want to do, I, there's a lot of folks in even the Atlanta market that i'm yeah. like okay they they're ready well yeah i i have plenty of, of friends that i think are underrated but gosh that's tough oh man yeah right, I'll, I'll ponder on it i'm sorry no you're good we'll, we'll circle
0: I, back I, that's
1: because I, I i really want to give a good that's a good question and i want to give a good answer i i don't know i i i, t- I don't think about that so much like this person deserves I I feel like everybody that plays at this long enough if they're good and they you know they they commit themselves to the craft and whatever they're they're gonna they'll have their day and so I don't I don't feel like anybody's being overlooked completely is there someone
0: you've worked with that you think is about to blow up or someone you think we're gonna know their name in the next?
1: So, uh, actually okay so have you seen dosic i uh, know i haven't oh it's great on hulu it's fantastic michael keaton is so fucking good but the the guy who i worked with ray mckinnon on he he's the creator um writer showrunner of, of rectify which mm-hmm. is this completely underrated show that was went was on sundance tv and amc and went to netflix and i think it's still on netflix and I was able to, it, he's a Georgia boy. Um, you know, the show was based in Georgia about this guy who gets out of prison for a murder. He may or may have not committed. And, um, and kind of like the fallout from mm-hmm. trying to reassimilate into the community. And it's really fantastic. And it's a slow burn. And, um, but Ray himself is a fantastic actor and he, uh, he's in dope sick and he Hmm. fucking kills it. If he doesn't get an Emmy nod for a supporting actor role um, or, you know, any sort of accolade for, for what he did in this show uh, it'll be, it'll be a complete travesty. He's Hmm. so good.
0: What's a movie that fans of yours would be surprised that you enjoy. So people that know your persona and who you are on screen, is there a certain movie that you tend to pop on or a certain show you love that they'd be like, Wait, this guy likes us. This is this is. I his mean, jam? I
1: I love Pixar stuff. I I I want to write Pixar movies. I, I've written children's theater, and I've got some children's plays published and stuff. And I I just love. I, which is you know, yeah. I, I, it's tough because I'm actively like when I'm whenever I work, I'm actively pushing my. My person, you know, my my persona, my public persona, in the opposite direction. It's like <laughs> no one wants to perform the kids' play that this guy who played a rapist okay. on, you know, eighteen other movies. Like, you know, they they don't want to do that stuff. But I love like Coco. i You know, whatever. I'm I I could cry just thinking about <laughs> Coco. Yeah. It's such a, a well-made movie, and it, you know, it yeah, so 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 uh, close to my heart. So many so many of those those films are Incredibles. Yeah yeah yeah
0: all of it no i was it my wife laughs because i love like i love hardcore like horror like that's my jam and so um which was a great fit as i was looking at your filmography i was like there's a lot of movies here that i'm like just crossed on my list that are that are great oh. and uh but on the i flip would side never watch that, them
1: if i wasn't I, that's and I so don't funny watch them. like the horror films i don't watch them. yeah that's but so that's funny.
0: funny um because yeah that that's right up my alley but on the flip side of that we watched um uh Oh, I'm going to blank on the name. Um, soul. Um, oh, yeah. And, right. uh, and we are like two thirds. We weren't even like in the third act of the movie. And my wife looks over and I'm like tears streaming down my face. And she's like, Are you being serious? Like she's like, Are you are you joking? And I was like, No, I was like, How are you not crying at this movie? And oh, uh, really? but it's it's always I, I love hearing people's perspective that's totally contrary. Cause I think someone who watches your persona would be like, Oh, he loves Texas Cheetah Massacre and like Rob Zombie movies. And it's like, you know, you're like Pixar, you know, I, I think yeah. Coco is awesome. <laughs> so
1: well, I, what I I think I, I say a bunch and then and I'm, you know, I'm still testing out this theory, but I think a, a lot of folks that play villains and play them decent um, know what it's like to be treated poorly, you know? Yeah. And, wow. you know, so that's, that's a testament to who, you know, their, their growth as a human being. And, um, and you you, so you kind of kind of develop the, the feel for what gets under people's skin and what makes people feel shitty. And, yeah um, it's a lot of fun to to do that in a joking way you know like it's, yeah. it's it's that that thing where you're in a you know a disagreement with somebody and they say something really sharp and you later in the you know two days later wake up and sorry excuse me the oh. battery um but later wake up and you're you're just like uh you know oh that's the perfect thing to say you know yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. for folks that pine over that sort of stuff i think those folks end up playing villains. Cause it's like, Oh, the words are there for you. And the feeling is, is there because you have that, <laughs> that sadness and that right. hatred or whatever, you know, no yeah. that
0: that's so true. And, and, and you hear about that when it comes to people in horror movies, cause they talk about like, I was bullied. So I resonate with fe- being the creature that was like misunderstood, you know, or you talk about the kid who was never believed when they try to go to somebody and tell them something. Um, so that's, that's an interesting, interesting perspective on it. Um, if you were given the green light to remake any film, I know you love writing. I know you you love acting, obviously if you were given the green light to remake any film, uh, what would you choose and why?
1: Oh, oh man. I don't, I, i I actually am. I'm, I'm a lot. I, it'd be tough because I'm a purist about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, but I think, I think gremlins is due for a, for you know i and i think joe dante should do it i I wouldn't mm. want to direct it i I would love for you know joe dante to have a, a resurgence and uh be able to to do you know gremlins whatever three it, there's not a third one right no just two yeah just two yeah the new batch is fucking awesome oh, yeah, yeah. Two, I
0: two is so good and it and it's so ahead of its time in the way that it I mean, it's ahead of its time for all of the, the Trump analogies, but it's, it's ahead of its time in so many ways, like how on the nose it is like the, the way it parodies the first movie it's, it's just a yeah. ton of fun. And even like, um, you know, the, the new, uh, space jam came out, you know, and I was watching, yeah. I was like, Joe Dante did this so much better with the Looney Tunes movie that he did. And he's got such a great eye for that cartoonish like violence. And it's, it's so much fun to watch. I'd l- I'd love to see a new Gremlins with yeah you know, and, and, in that
1: salad bar that salad bar yeah. gremlins, like, just, every time, and you know whatever that, that yeah i think it does really appeal to folks that have a, a cartoon background or just yeah. love you know because it because there is there is a moment right where one of the gremlins is like hello my baby right yeah right <laughs> he, he does like the ragtime gal <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's no just that's just great that's yeah. a
0: great choice um and uh, what do you think is the best decade of film history?
1: I I I was talking about this the other day. I'm I'm like so poor. Considering I work in the in the craft, I'm because in this kind of on par or on the same lines as like not realizing that I would have a life in in film and mm-hmm. TV. But I'm so poorly versed in the canon of films. I mean, it was bonkers. To, the thing i think about a lot is it's bonkers to me that no country for old men and there will be blood came out the same year Mm. and we're up for best picture and Mm. what there no country got there'll be blood got best picture no country got screenplay or something i don't know they but both amazing movies i you know i don't know it's very that's that's a tough one too i i think you know referencing Star Wars and Indiana Jones and, and whatever, late seventies, early, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: um, And and the last question here, I like to ask everybody that comes on the show.
1: Sorry. What is yours? Do you you have one? I
0: I have to say seventies. I, I, I'm always tempted to go eighties because I, I mean, there's just a billion blockbusters that are just, like define what we think of when we think about movies, um, yeah. but I, I mean, the '70s was such a cool period of just filmmakers getting permission to just break all the rules, and and you know the amount of crazy like Taxi Driver, and you've got all these Scorsese really killing it during that time. But you know, and Jaws with Steven Spielberg, but but then you've got the '80s. We've got you know the Back to the Future's. You've got these movies that you can't imagine like when you say the word cinema, you have visions of some of those films that came out during that time. And so it's, it's hard to say, I would say like end of the seventies, early eighties would be it. Cause I think the late eighties and early nineties got so commercialized where a lot of the artistry got lost, just like, you know, some, you know, some of the movies in the early sixties still had that fifties veneer of just safe and cookie cutter, you know, right. it, it, you, until you get to Hitchcock psycho, you know, 68, where it's like, oh, we're going to break some rules and get in trouble with the ratings boards and, you know, push some of those, the envelopes and our themes a little bit, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard one. And it's a question, like, even when I hear people give their answer, I'm like, they're right. It should be this, or it should be this time period. Um, yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I I tend to not think about movies too in the time period they were made. A lot of times, are huh. uh, and I, yeah, I don't. I don't have that bigger uh that bigger picture kind of situation. I, I'm like, oh, that was a good movie. That was a, right. That was a good thing. And I, would, I would watch. I would watch The Godfather again. Worth seeing yeah. twice. Yes.
0: Yeah, at least twice. <laughs> like, I think would be good. Yeah, at
1: least, twi- yeah. But uh-huh. I, well, it's funny. Oh, actually, back I was. Uh, I Alan Rickman too is is an actor I had always. Mm. Cherished and everything, uh, I you know. So thinking about like Die Hard and his performance, and I like just wanting to play a, a villain like that. um I think he. I think that was kind of formulative to who I you know aspired to be as a as an actor. And, he,
0: and he's such a good straight man too. I mean, cause you, you mentioned him in the first movie that comes to mind is galaxy quest, like him playing such a straight character in that comedy, you know, but he's, he's so ridiculously memorable and he's not doing this over the top goofy, like, you know, performance. He's playing this very strict, like Shakespearean, you know. Actor, which is which is so much fun to so much fun to see. The last question I ask uh, everybody that comes on the show because there are people listening to the show who are aspiring actors, filmmakers, you know, directors, writers. Um, so, so you can special, you know, specify to actors. Um, but if you were to give one piece of advice to an aspiring filmmaker, uh, what would it be, and why?
1: I, I'm a big fan of, and I'm trying to rekindled i'm sorry well all right so I'm a, I'm a big fan of kind of developing your your group you know mm-hmm. a lot of i've i've tried really hard to stay in touch with the filmmaker friends that i i connect with and um you know i think when you get on something you get on walking dead or you get on a marvel movie or you even end up in the same room as some of these people um you you start thinking oh, okay i'm gonna become friends with that person and they're gonna make mm-hmm. my career and it's like no that's that's not the way to go about it. Keep creating, trust yourself and keep creating good art with your friends. Um, keep developing stuff with your friends and folks that you meet, that you connect with. But like, you know, like the, when I work with Robert De Niro, I, I knew he, he's got enough people that want his attention and his mm-hmm. time and, and deservedly. So, you know, yeah. he, he has those, he's, he's developed that circle of folks that he trusts especially this long in their career Mm -hmm. and if they take a liking to you for some reason or another and you know they think you're a decent actor or whatever that's awesome but like don't expect that thing to happen um Mm. keep keep working on your community and and the the folks that you you know uh are you know i always talk about it's like soul siblings with yeah the the folks who who create art that you like and you want to work with for the rest of your life
0: Well, there's a beautiful element to those relationships versus just networking for the sake of networking and trying to climb a ladder, you know, and jumping. And, you know, even you mentioned De Niro, like we think of De Niro and Scorsese now, but, you know, there were probably a lot of people that didn't believe in De Niro when he was making a taxi driver, you know, that, that was, that's a circle that's been maintained in a relationship that's been maintained for decades now, De Niro and Scorsese or, uh, you know, fill in the blank with whoever you want that to be. And, yeah. you know, I think it's so important, like you said, to invest in people in your circle that you resonate with on a deeper level and just do good work. <laughs> like uh, yeah. you're, you you mentioned for Creepshow and Walking Dead, and I'm sure you can tell the story for a lot of other things. Um, you know, Walking Dead, you started reading season three and got the part, you know, way down the line, you know, seasons later where you're wondering, is this going through Creepshow? Are they even seeing my audition tape? Are they even seeing the work I'm doing? But that persistence... And like you said, without the expectation, like just doing the work to do the work and doing that consistently is going to take you somewhere that, you know, just trying to get De Niro's attention when you're in this scene with them isn't gonna necessarily do for you.
1: Yeah, and even the interaction I had with him too, uh, you know, we finished the scene and I felt like I'd had had an all right day, but like not I nothing to knock anybody's socks off. And he was like, You're a good actor. And and like, of course, every I can't even do a good De Niro, like you know, like, <laughs> like just completely undermining everything. But you know, he knows that everyone wants to hear that from him. Right. You know, yeah. And and so I I don't you, you can you know you take it with a, a grain of salt. Like I
0: I have he, goosebumps hearing him tell you that you know you're a good uh, actor like i mean that that's huge that's huge coming from someone like that you know
1: yeah right so i yeah i didn't let let it because i looking back on that particular performance too i know well it, it was a funny day it was this movie called heist yeah um we were supposed to shoot this kind of scene i'm i'm like tied up and he has more chest chestnut kill me in this storage container or whatever and and uh Uh, we were supposed to shoot this thing early in the day and like I would, I would, I had gotten there and I was, I knew my character was going to be kind of like crying and miserable. And, uh, and then the thing keeps getting pushed. And so we were supposed to shoot it before lunch. And it was like, Oh, we're going to shoot it after lunch. And then eventually the whole thing gets bumped to the end of the day. And by that point I had, I had been like crying. I'd been crying all day, trying to get myself to a place where I could cry all day. (laughs) And I was emotionally exhausted and so I, I just, you know, I had to fake it. And and I think at one point I even had a lemon in my pocket because I'm like, oh, you're about to have a scene with the biggest actor, in, like, mm-hmm. fucking ever. And yeah. you know, uh, so I was just wiping lemon in my eyes so it looked like I, I was crying. And um, and then eventually we start doing the scene, and it and it started coming a little bit more organically, and I started getting there, but not completely where I was in the beginning of the day. And so I knew there was a lot of forcing going on on my part and the, the kind of circumstance of like performing for Robert De Niro, um, you know, so I, I, I didn't take what he said with a, with, you know, a complete, the, you know, tr- the, the, like, yeah, I, I, that wasn't, that wasn't complete truth to me. I was like, you know, you, you Know, I wanted to hear that. You know, everyone here wants to right. hear from Robert De Niro that they're decent people, <laughs> like, yeah, you know? and, yeah, but uh, yeah, just kind of crazy,
0: yeah, no, uh, that's, that's awesome, and and yeah, I I really appreciate the advice, and I, I know the audience does as well. And um, you know, I'm excited to see what you do next, like, it, it's amazing, like, even just scrolling through IMDb, you know, one more time, just refreshing myself on some of the names, it's, it's cool seeing the projects you're working on the, the stuff that's, you know, all the different roles, all the different types of movies, I'm excited to see where you go next. And I can, I can sincerely say, um, you know, it's, it's been a blast going through and watching your performances and so many different types of movies. Um, and uh, I know, I know I'm not De Niro. You're, you're a good actor. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, oh, thanks, man. so take well, that to well, heart, that you that know, is, is that you, uh, you you can always get better and you, you, you know, the older you get, the more you understand, the human condition and, and it and it does get well it opens up kind of new avenues of of character for you so awesome. it's, yeah I'm, I'm excited about what's to come too thanks man. absolutely
0: hopefully righteous gemstone season two uh will make it happen
1: <laughs> oh well, well they already shot it i can't maybe season three I don't know. they may I don't need to do a reshoot
0: or a pickup they're gonna they're gonna call you and be like we, Let's see. we need to do it but well, awesome. yeah cool man thanks for listening to the film school podcast if you appreciated the content on the show don't
1: forget to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe so you won't miss a single episode